well won by Toronto, but the puck goes all the way down into the leaf zone. They score! A breakdown first by Marner, but then goaltender David Riddick wanted to just play the puck, and that was ill-advised. He missed it, and it's a real soft goal here, scored by Ehlers. The post-trade deadline hangover continues for the Maple Leafs. They've now dropped three in a row after a 5-2 loss to Winnipeg on Thursday night. The Jets are now three points back for first in the North Division. It's time to break it all down. This is the Leafs Nation post-game podcast. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. Thanks to Sam McKee for putting it all together. A couple different factors as to why the Maple Leafs uh, came out on the short end tonight again, Gord, but three goals in 309 by Winnipeg uh, there in the first period, and, and obviously the power play was just uh, that was such a demoralizing moment in this hockey game, wasn't it? Yeah, you bring up the two points, and you know, one, first of all, Jack Campbell showing he's human, and uh, soft night in him for a goal, probably his first time since he's been a Maple Leaf, so they make the goaltending change. You know, that happens. Nick, I got to tell you, uh, you're probably the same because Leaf Nation, people are listening to this. They're diehard Leaf or pretty strong Toronto Maple Leaf fans texting about the power play. Now, you know, I like I don't know what to say. And they call the timeout before the two man advantage. It's not even like they're getting tons, tons of chances. You know, I had a couple of people say, have other teams figured it out? Like like that part, I don't know. Like like have they scouted the Toronto Maple Leafs so well that something became known how to figure out their power play and diffuse their power play. I, I, I mean, talent should overcome that, the excellent talent they have. But, wow, it, it is it is like I, I don't, and I'm way older than you, I don't ever remember something like this. A good Maple Leaf team, okay, bad Maple Leaf teams, who cares? You just kind of whatever. I don't even know their streaks were. But a really good Maple Leaf team with an incredibly inept power play like it's been the last while. The numbers are stupendous, quite frankly. Uh, the last 17 games, uh, 1 for 42. They were 0 for 4 in this game tonight. Outscored 13 to 3 special teams-wise. That includes shorthanded goals. And I'm right there with you. I, I just don't think the Leafs have adapted to the change in philosophy, if you want to call it that, for the opponent. Uh, you know, especially in the last 20-some-odd games where it's really gone off the rails. Again, they were scoring on every shot to start this season, but something has just come unglued. And they can't even enter the zone at this point. And... You know, the crazy thing about that, I, I haven't remembered a time, at least this season, where the Rotostelic turning point happened so early, but it <laughs> happened early in this game. One eleven of a 5-on-3 power play, Gord. They lose yeah. the faceoff, and it felt like the power play was over, not to mention, you mentioned it, they even called a timeout to guard against that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I appreciate the shout-out to my mom uh, and Aunt Peggy <laughs> as well. They always love the games, but it's, you know, uh, I noticed for a while, as said you, because we chat, um, we don't get to sit in the press box anymore. Hopefully that'll come up next year again. But the whole, not just the Leafs, but everybody, that whole idea of dropping the puck back, and in the Leafs' case, dropping it back twice. So Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, they're coming at you like a kick return of the fastest runner in the National Football League. And it's been quite effective. It was a real change, and other teams adapted it too. And I've seen more and more, not just the Toronto Maple Leafs, but you know somebody almost blitzing. So the backhand pass is being defended against. It's being anticipated, and people have figured it out. I, I like Nick. I don't know, like it can't be because there's 30 other teams in the NHL that do a lot of that technique as well. But uh, I don't know if they flat out figured it out or whatever it may be because everything, everything is awry. 
Well, bottom line, they, they, they have some time to figure this out, which is really, really good uh, news. No doubt about that. And we'll get to the remaining schedule coming up. But uh, certainly was not a good night again for that power play. And obviously missing a key cog. I mean, not to make excuses, but no Austin Matthews scored the fourth game he's missed this season. What is your level of concern regarding the wrist? I feel like we've had this conversation all season long. My level of concern with everything, and I always compare it to the uh, thought of forest fires when you drive up Highway 48 towards Minden. They have that color-coded thing, and it's it's low about everything. I'm not worried about the Jets being three points behind the Leafs. If the Leafs don't come in first, I'm not worried about that. It's the playoffs that will decide things. I, I think they should be, you know, be proud of being in first place and having a sense of pride to try to get it. Um, so I don't worry about that. Uh, the power, you know, the recent losing streak, I don't worry about that. The power play, I don't know what I'm at. Like we keep saying, Nick, as long as you get it straightened out by the playoffs, the playoffs are still a while away and we anticipate they will. It's it's just kind of a weird one. So I'm, I'm still keeping everything in check because what I learned when you're on the inside and things aren't going well, you, you can lose perspective and you got to keep perspective. That's huge. Yeah, that's exactly it. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And they've pretty much tried everything with exception of maybe Pierre Engvall so far on the power play, which could be a very, very quickly upon us at some point in time because nothing seems to be working. But I, I think you make a good point. You have to keep everything in perspective. And with Matthews, you have to play the long game. Um, you know, I think the benefits, certainly you want the, you know, the, the personal trophy and, and no doubt he's the front runner for the rocker right now. He's got a substantial lead, uh, McDavid and Ranton and as we speak, but the long game in mind to make sure Austin Matthews Gord is good to go for the Stanley cup playoffs is all I care about as a Leafs fan. Yeah. And excuse me, I, I didn't answer that one directly last time. No and, and, and I also believe Sheldon Keith, like Sheldon Keith is not a BSer about injuries and that. So, when he considers it minor, who do we know it's the risk again? I don't know, who, whatever it may be. But uh, I hope it means he's back relatively soon. And you're 100% right. Like this, like they are the, they could have a Tampa Bay Lightning. See, there's two Tampa Bay Lightning seasons, right, Nick? It's mm -hmm. two years ago, kill it in the regular season, ha get swept in four by Columbus, and have a horrible offseason, even when you're accepting oh, NHL awards like Tampa Bay did, or flat out just win the Stanley Cup. And it's the best feeling in the world. And there, I know there's a, I know there's a number of shades of in the middle. But, you know, this Leafs team could be one of those two or obviously one of the other 29. And again, uh, I think as much as any team, it comes down because of their history to the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs. That means Austin Matthews being healthy and being able to be effective. Just got a belief, that's for sure. And it's been a tight series, unsurprisingly, uh, so far between Winnipeg and Toronto. And, of course, Captain Blake Wheeler not in the lineup tonight for Winnipeg. I thought Connor Hullabuck was really good. We expect that 4-3-0, the Maple Leafs now against Winnipeg in a three-game set. Don't forget about that coming up next week in Winnipeg, where we expect at some point in time Nick Foligno will make his Toronto Maple Leafs debut. Now, another encouraging development, Gord, happened in practice earlier on Thursday, and that's a Freddie Anderson sighting. What did you make of that? I couldn't believe it. you look great. It's like your long lost son or something like that. You know, you've been wondering and um, yeah, this, you know, and the mystery of Freddie and our, our buddy, Elliot Freeman, who appears on our station, appears on Hockey Net in Canada and Sportsnet, I think echoed what we had said. Like Freddie was pissed that he had to play when he was hurt. Like both goaltenders were hurt, him and Jack Campbell. And it kind of came down to, okay, one of you guys has to back up in Ottawa for Michael Hutchinson. Who is less hurt? And they went with Freddie. And then two minutes into the game, they put Freddie in. And I, and I really think, 
you know, not it's not irreparable damage. Don't get me wrong; it's not a soap opera that can't be fixed. But I think I think that was the gist of of Freddie taking issue with the way he got treated by the team, on top of being hurt and on top of not playing really well. So hey, if Freddie can play well and Jack Campbell play well, let, let let's get a two-handed monster of goaltending excellence heading into the playoffs. Obviously, we're a bit away from Freddie actually playing games, but that was very encouraging, Nick. Just incredible to me, and it speaks volumes about the passion in this market. We've been all over Jack Campbell for his heroics, if you want to call it that, the last month, and a couple bad games in a row, Gord. You can feel it on Leafs Twitter on Thursday. They were starting to turn already on Jack Campbell, and I just want to avoid that. I think you know the ups and downs of a season, whether it be hockey or baseball or basketball in pro sports, they're going to happen. There was no way Jack Campbell was going to storm in and win 50 games in a row so that, I just wanted to get that off my chest, that goalies are going to have good nights, they're going to have bad nights. Campbell got the hook in this game. And you got to credit David Riddick doing his job. That's exactly why they brought in David Riddick uh, to clean up the mess sometimes. And I thought he, he did his job admirably in this game. Yeah, he had the one, he tried to emulate the Johnny yeah. Bauer poke check. And, you know, it came up like uh, John Candy or something like that. But <laughs> but also, that was a bad giveaway by the least. But you're right, it, 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 it was a solid game, uh, goaltending-wise that way for him and and I I just like I said all these pickups were great they've swung to the fences so to speak and I've, I've mm-hmm. liked everything they've done Nick Foligno was the frontline acquisitions Ben Hutton and uh and David Riddick are more the depth positions uh there but uh yeah he came in solid and uh yeah I mean there was a, like I really thought I gotta be honest with you when when Galchenyuk scored like I kind of, did you not think the puck was in the net? Like, were you a little yes. bit kind of like, wow? And then yeah. when it comes back and when you hear that horn and you know what the horn is, that's a great horn. Like, you know, that the war room in Say Toronto that saw it. Yeah, yeah. That, that the war room in Toronto saw it the exact way. And I, I just kind of thought, okay, good. This this is a really good vibe, a good place to be. And again, I'll go to the playoffs. This is the kind of game when you're up one nothing, you, you, you got to take it and run with it. Then all of a sudden you go like, what the hell happened? Like in different goaltending, uh, uh, opportunistic Winnipeg, inept, inept, inept power play for the hundredth time. And all of a sudden, <laughs> what, geez, this is, this really was a game I thought you hadn't had. You know, what made me laugh too. And you know, the, the Tim Peel conversation is still fresh on our minds. Uh, the two power plays for the Maple Leafs early and game management is not a thing in the NHL. The third power play goes, um, you know, in favor of the opposition to Winnipeg. Like I, I just, I, I laugh at that. And, it was sort of a chintzy cross check, but they yes. called a cross check earlier on. You just got you got to chuckle at the whole game management conversation because it's still a thing, Gord. <laughs> well, I think Paul Maurice disagreed. I'm not too sure he, <laughs> he hit it very well, but but you know I could just imagine like he's he's not like Pat Quinn was the all time referee criticizer, and I think it probably gave him some equity because he was a senior guy, but he just hated yeah. all the refs it seemed. But I think other guys like if you're on the ice and. You know, I, I, I refed at a low level, okay? But I knew when you made a call that you weren't really sure about. It's a weird vibe, right? And you're almost, first of all, hoping the other team doesn't score on the power play, whatever it may be. And a guy like Paul Maurice and Sheldon Keith, like like I would think if I'm a, if I'm a referee and they're that incensed, um, that, that, that means something. You know, there's some, there's some bite to that, right? They're, they're, not, they're not at me all the time. And I think in Paul Maurice's case, that's not a bad thing to do because he's not going to give you that unsportsmanlike conduct. He's kind of thinking about it, chintzy, chintzy, chintzy. And, you know, and you're riling your troops up. Leafs are having a timeout. You kill it off and you get the next power play. 
Now, I want to talk about a positive, um, and again, it goes to Leafs Twitter, and people pile up and pile up, but there's a reason why John Tavares was given that money. There's a reason why he was the captain of this team. I think he's been incredible the last couple games. I'm talking, you know, the stretch four, five, six games for the Maple Leafs. I thought he was really good again in this game. In general, at least in the first half, uh, the the new look line, I guess if you want to call it that, with no Austin Matthews, with John Tavares and Galchenyuk and Mitch Marner, we're all over Winnipeg. They had no answer. But you look at John Tavares, two more points in this game, Gord. He has 10 points over the last seven. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's weird. Like, I remember whoever did the article about the worst contracts a team has. And Drew Doughty was that for Los Angeles, whom every team would love to have on their roster. And John Tavares was that from Toronto. And you go, you know, above a lot of things, he signified his willingness to come here that Leafs were legit. Like, it really was. It it, it got to a next level of our Mount Everest, the fact that he wanted to come home and on and on. And then what he has, like his indifferent plays so different because he, he does so many things that a lot of people don't notice. He always does that. The work ethic, the greasy areas, the two-way hockey, you name it. But you're right. Of late, it's more that John Tavares feel. And again, Winnipeg very well. Like, I mean, it probably, it should be Montreal in the first round and Winnipeg in the final uh, if things play out the way I think they should. And, you know, you've got to, you need a lot. If you're if you're going to be trying to shut down the Austin Matthews line, then the John Tavares line should absolutely, absolutely obliterate your second line. You're right. And again, it's just so hard to quantify in the unpredictable season that we're living in right now. Certainly, we'll get to the Canucks uh, conversation in mere moments. But even uh, from the standpoint of trying to get set and, and trying to have a look at what this team looks like, there's just so many guys out right now, you know, namely Nick Foligno, who's still quarantining, you know, Ben Hutton's still quarantining, uh, you know, some of the depth guys they picked up and good to see David Riddick in there. But you sort of forget that like Willie Nylander has been out for the last week too, Gord. They, they sort of missed him, haven't they? Well, big time. And he was playing, I think, as good a hockey he's played all season. Nick, you and I agree on that. And, you know, it's funny, like with the Vancouver team COVID situation, you know, kind of quietly, Philip Grubauer out two weeks. And I wonder if I wonder if Colorado had any inkling that way because Devin Dubnik was a great pickup for them. But, you know, there are individual COVID situations going around. And Willie Nylander is that it did not bring down the Toronto Maple Police, but it's also something there is a protocol. And uh, who knows when he's coming back. And as long as he's out, he is a big guy being out right now. He is for sure. And uh, the Maple Leafs miss him. And from what we understand, following uh, the morning skate on on Thursday was the fact that if there's one more uh, or negative, I should say, to um, come from Willie Nylander, that means he can practice with the team. So it's our expectation when the Maple Leafs next play at this point in time, Willie Nylander will be there. But that leads to the next conversation of when the Maple Leafs will play next score. They were slated to play Saturday. As we speak right now, nothing official on that front, but uh, we know what's happening with the Vancouver Canucks. Their game was postponed uh, on Friday, so um, common thinking would think that the Maple Leafs probably won't play on Saturday. But, uh, you know, we just uh, wait here and sit and, and try to find out when the Maple Leafs play next. Yeah, we'll have official notice on Friday uh, about that, what's going on, and you know, the original action reaction from the NHL was kind of like, well, wait a sec, your team, um, the NHL office and the NHL Players Association were all involved in rejigging the schedule. And there's been a lot of teams that have been crushed by COVID. The Dallas Stars have had tough runs, the New Jersey Devils, for example. But I think Nick and Elliot Freeman's articulated this quite well with the new strains, the new variances and all that, that Vancouver has got hit in a harder way. And it, and it does not mean like, 
actual uh, whack a number of players have COVID and most of them, the vast majority asymptomatic, but just, you know, what it's done in so many ways. And, and it was funny about JT Miller, his comments were more, look, we're trying to fight for a playoff spot and we get one friggin' practice and then we play on Friday night and then we have to play less than 22 hours against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday because it's 4 p.m. Vancouver time to be the hockey night in Canada national game. And like you mentioned, um, I think there's a good chance if, if they're going to make any uh, concession, if that's the right word, to uh, JT Miller's comments, it would be those two particular games. And good on JT Miller, by the way, for coming out there. I'm happy one player at least came out there and, and said something because it is pretty crazy what they're dealing with out there right now and having to worry about playing NHL hockey, more so having to play 19 games and you know the prospects of 91 days or 31 days, I should say, is, is, is pretty insane to me. But I think that comes a conversation like how much is too much for Vancouver down the stretch? And you know wh- where do you sit when it comes to finishing up this 56 game slate because I think we can both say right now with a you know good accord it, it's very very unlikely Vancouver is making the Stanley Cup playoffs this season yeah you know first because I, I, we're all Toronto sports fans or most of our listeners are and you really you, you look at what the Toronto Raptors had to deal with a lot this year like holy macro mm-hmm. I think you and I could have suited up for them at a particular <laughs> point um to answer your question I really think that at the end of the day, whatever they decide on Friday, that you could look at doing something that means everyone does not play all 56 games. But if it were to have playoff implications, then maybe you look at it. Like like Vancouver will play at least 54 games. Okay, it's not like they're going to play 50. So, mm-hmm. you know, that means two other teams play 55 for argument's sake. I mean, it could happen in other divisions too. Like, I'm okay with that. What they have to figure out, and this is what they're a little nervous about, is it's the draft. You know, like the draft lottery and your positions and your chance to get the number one overall pick or number two. It's almost that. That's the way. It's not about it's not about draft percentage to try to get in the playoffs. It's draft percentage and how does it affect where you apply for the lottery. So uh, I, I I think they should figure something out like they did last year. Like when, when they did the bubble, they kind of so almost arbitrarily like Buffalo just lost out by, you know, like like percentages. Right. Mm-hmm. From being one of the one of the teams in in the bubble. And I think that's what they'll have to figure out and look at playing. So like, so say at the end of the year, the Vancouver Canucks are out of the playoffs and healthily out of the playoffs. They play 54, Edmonton plays 55, Toronto plays 55. Big whoop, right? If they're on the doorstep of the playoffs, then you have to look at at rescheduling those games. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you on that front. Certainly, you know, it's it's good to have that glass half empty, half full type approach uh, when looking at it, because obviously we look at it from a Maple Leafs lens and how that factors into the remaining schedule in this season. But you look at it from a Vancouver perspective and also potentially the draft lottery, because as we speak, they've played 37 games scored. They have 35 points and Montreal has 45 and has played three games more than the Vancouver Canucks. So they'd have to go on a hell of a run. Uh, to try and make the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I'm right there with you. I think you try to get as much as you can in as possible and uh, just go on a daily basis because who's to say that even the Canucks can come back this weekend at some point in time, right? I think, you know, again, I think it's really good that JT Miller came out and said something, and I think ultimately it should come down to the players. If they feel good enough to go, then you get them back out there. Yeah, and and Nick, I I think it's a microcosm of the world that you and I and everybody uh, listening 
um, are experiencing. Like your brother's a firefighter. He's a frontline mm -hmm. worker. You know, I got a, I got a niece who's a teacher and, you know, and, and we need to be vigilant about those particular people and trying to so get them vaccinated. And so it's so weird that we understand the vaccines. I don't want to say they're a trickle. You, you, you wish they were coming at you more. And then you're getting record, record numbers of positive COVID tests. And we're just kind of sitting there going, like, not like, like there's, under, we understand where everything takes its place. We're going, thank God they're sports. Like, you know, thank goodness they're sports. Like we got a Jays game went on. We got the Raptors playing. We got the least, like, really, it's, it's just like, it, it's kind of takes us away from the bizarro world and except the bizarro world hit the Vancouver Canucks and they're going to try to figure out um, maybe a different way to unbizarro it than they originally thought. Never ending. That's sort of how it feels from a humanizing perspective. Final question before we wrap. I love asking these hypothetical questions, especially when it comes to goaltending, Gordo. 11 goals surrendered in the last seven periods for Jack Campbell. Whenever the next game is, who do you start? Lee should have made two trades, got Anthony Stolarz <laughs> or Jonathan Bernier, right? Yes. Uh, I, I, uh, well, if the game is on Saturday, which we'll find out on Friday if it's on or not, I am going with Jack Campbell. He is your guy. One-off game, so be it. Right back at him. I, I've loved David Riddick. Uh, he's an upgrade on Michael Hutchinson. Uh, actually, you know what? We, we talk about bashing people. Why not put Martin Rinson on the power play? Put big number 52. Just put him in front of the net. Not point. Put him in front of the net. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the solution. The two guys that Leaf fans you know, say Michael Hutchinson, Martin Rinson, they've seen enough of. But anyway, that's my answer. It would be Jack Campbell. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, and it just it's just funny to bring it full circle with that power play. Like that's where we're at with this power play. They should try anything because they are one for the last 42. It really is incredible. And the more I think about it, the more I feel when you talk about the goaltending gourd, it just has that Grubauer hopey feel, doesn't it? Like I could easily see a scenario where Freddie Anderson returns and Freddie Anderson the good comes back uh that's why you know i i don't uh you know i'm not quick to just cancel goaltenders because freddie anderson has done it for a good sum of time in his career and all i hope is he can come back healthy and you're going to need more than one guy as we've seen before okay best case scenario uh pie in the sky at least win the stanley cup i could very well predict i don't know what the odds are you're good at that stuff i would get pretty decent odds that freddie anderson would be the Smythe trophy winner i'm mm -hmm. big on freddie anderson and you're and the point you're saying is like when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Well, that means you won the Stanley Cup, or at least you won a round. So if you're talking about two different goaltenders playing, you're talking about it because you won a round or two or three. And, uh, and again, that's the hope for the Maple Leafs. And it seems like they have that kind of depth and goal beyond Freddie that they haven't had since Freddie's been here. All right, Al Gordo, we'll reconvene when we do. I, I don't know when it's going to be, but sometime in the next couple days, okay? <laughs> Yeah, if, if games get canceled, make sure you write me a letter, Nick. I got a mailbox <laughs> up front. I like a good old-fashioned letter, okay? I'll send a dove or something, and I'll go old okay, school thank for you, you okay? <laughs> there you have it. Uh, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to Sam McKee for putting uh, this podcast together. Again, the Maple Leafs uh, drop it 5-2 here against the Winnipeg Jets. They're winless in three. We think they're playing the Vancouver Canucks next. Uh, but we'll find out as soon as Friday.